0: I was reading this and I came across one particular ayah that literally changed completely the way I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Like subhanAllah man, come on It amplified my way of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And I do sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It changed the way I do that So Okay, let's get it Oh, I should have opened it Fudge, can I still do that? They smell like dirty socks And I promise you, my socks don't smell like this Oh, yalla, Oh, that's like a hit in the face. I need that. Oh, yeah. It's almost difficult to swallow. Uh, I was reading a little bit of the surah and oh, my God, I read across something that made me literally change my life. Not. OK, let me be less dramatic, but it is literally that dramatic. It, it literally changed the way I pray in as alaykum, everybody. This is a chapter called The Believers. Al-Mu'minun. Subhanallah, Ya Allah. Allah SWT says, Say, Who is the Lord of the Seven Heavens? Who is the Lord of the Mighty Throne? And the people will reply, Allah, God. Okay? There we go. Bismillah, here we go. Oh, yes. So I read this ayah in the Quran, and I started to think, why does Allah SWT have a throne? He doesn't need one. So why does he have one? And why is he mentioned in the Quran to begin with? Who has thrones? Kings have thrones. So I started to think, let's, let's look into what a king really is. So let's take this for example. We're going to use Pharaoh for example. He was a ruler, he was a king, and he was a tyrant, okay? He would kill people in front of large masses of audiences. The whole city. He will kill people in front of everybody. Who is there to say anything to Pharaoh? Nobody. Who's going to be there to stop Pharaoh? Nobody. This is a king, This is a Pharaoh Astaghfirullah, he was a king. People, when when he used to sit on his throne, and on the steps, the servants would walk in. The servants would walk in, they would ask Pharaoh, they would ask Astaghfirullah, Ya Rab. They walk in very humbly, they walk in literally as a slave. Pharaoh, for no reason at all, if he wants, for you just to ask for something like dates, if he just decides he's not having a good day, he'll literally just kill you. No one can stop him. That is what a king is, complete authority. Kings have authority over their whole kingdom. So I started thinking, okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a throne because, yes, he's a king. Everything that encompasses the seven heavens, which is obviously part of the earth. Seven heavens and the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the king. Now, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention this? Although we know this, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention this? Naturally, before, when I used to think of Allah, as Allah is this, this forgiving entity. This, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just a forgiving, merciful, loving God, right? So when I would go on sajda, I would, I would do it like, okay, you know, love you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Cool, you know, that's it. But when I start to think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a king, he has the complete authority. In a worldly example, Pharaoh was a king and he was an unjust king. He was a horrible king, rude, cruel king. On the other hand, in the real life example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is yes, he's a king, but he's the most loving king. So when you put your face on the ground, he's not sitting there in dominance. Ir- arrogance stuff for Allah. No. No, my Rabb is he's a king, but he's loving. What do you want? You I put my face on the floor and I think about this. When people go to the kings in this world and they ask him for something. They sit there in their power and they say, okay, grant the servant, grant the slave or citizen or whatever, whatever he asks for. Now think about when you're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as this most merciful, most generous, most giving king. When I put my face on the floor to this king who's the most generous, most beautiful, most amazing, most loving, do I really expect him not to give me something in return? Do I expect him to sit there and give me nothing? You can ask the most generous person in this world. Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for anything in the world, he'll give it to you, even if he has less of it himself. Allah Subhanahu bro. He's infinitely amount more, more generous, more giving, more loving. Come on, dude. That's amazing. And let me add one more thing. I apparently had some type of ego inside of me. A minimal amount, Allahu Alam, but I had a minimal amount of ego still remaining left inside of me. I didn't really know how to properly distinguish that into nothingness right when i came across this idea in the quran how allah has a throne he's a king when i then next time said the whole namaz and translated everything in my head when i was praying and then i put my face on the floor and i said ya allah you are the most high and i'm visualizing a king in front of me dude wallahi man the ego just slips away because we don't, you, I know you and I, we won't bow down to nothing in this world. We won't bow down for a thing. We won't bow down to a human. We won't bow down for nothing in this world. But when we are bowing down and you're thinking about it in your head, I'm bowing down and putting my face on the floor to a king? Oh, the ego, where did it go? What's happening to it? It starts shaking. Let's like saying, what? Why would you do that? Who is this king that you put your beautiful face on the floor for? And then, you, then you remind yourself, glory be to the Lord, the Most High. That's who we put in our face on the floor for. That's who we're humbling ourselves to, the King of all Kings, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That ego just vibrate because it's not used to being that humble to something, and it just dissipates. It just it breaks apart. It accepts it. <laughs> SubhanAllah, so I achieved that next level Alhamdulillah uh, closer to Allah SubhanAllah because I came across that theory of Allah SubhanAllah being such a beautiful majestic loving king and I really wanted to share it with you guys really really think about it next time you're making dua to Allah SubhanAllah, if you have an ego that you're trying to diminish, that you, you know it's somewhere in there, think of this, think of Allah SubhanAllah being a king if you are asking Allah SubhanAllah for some type of mental health from something physical that you need in your life, think that you're talking to a king. You're at, you're at the floor steps of the floor of a king. Ya Rabb. And you're asking the king who who's the most giving, most generous. If you don't know who, who Allah SWT is, look at the attributes of his names, the ninety-nine names. He'll tell you what kind of a king he is, the characteristics of this king. Subhanallah, Ya Rabb. Ya Allah, Alhamdulillah. When you're asking Allah SWT for something, you pray to that king. You you think you'll walk out there empty-handed? It's not going to happen, subhanAllah. So, yep, be happy with what I gave you because, man, I'm happy. I don't know who's going to benefit from this, but I definitely did, thanks to Allah subhanAllah. And or a random ayah, remember that, keep that in mind. Surah Mu'minun, which is uh, translated to the believers, subhanAllah, chapter 23. Guys, go check it out, man. Read the surah, it'll make your heart tremble, subhanAllah. Oh man, I wish I can have somebody who's sitting right in front of me so we can just sit there and talk about my rabb together, ya Allah. But I got Allah, alhamdulillah. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Boom for Taha Theory,